It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, welcome back, everybody, to the Franchise Focus podcast. Um, you've been hearing Joe Dolan's voice on all of these podcasts uh, to lead us in here. Uh, it's usually be, been Joe, Tom, and myself. I'm Graham. But Joe has a, has a very busy day today. He's a busy, busy man, uh, working radio, uh, editing everything on the site. So we gave him the day off so he can kind of focus on those other things. And Tom and I are here. We're here for you still. We're still going to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks today on this podcast um, it, you know, we've been saying this, we're broken records at this point. If you haven't checked out the franchise focus article series up on fantasypoints.com, Yeah. You're, you're missing out. You need to check that out. Uh, we've got full breakdowns of all of our projected players. Uh, Tom is, uh, giving a little preview of all of his betting previews that he, he releases in conjunction with these articles. So, uh, if you see on the site, there's Seahawks franchise focus up on the site. And we also have a betting preview where Tom breaks down pretty much everything you want to know about uh, teams from a betting side. And he gives some leans, some props, and Tom crushed in his win total suggestions last year. Wait, no. Yeah. So you definitely want to check out Tom's suggestions there. <laughs> we'll uh, see how it goes Tom, this year. I hope it, uh, you know, to continue the streak there. Uh, a little yeah. skeptical that it might happen. But, I, hey, I gave out the Colts under 10 wins. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Oh, one. baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's looking really good right now. Because <laughs> we talked about it on the podcast. Man, their opening schedule is... It's brutal. So that's that's looking like a a one and zero start right there for you, Tom. But um, yeah, Seahawks today, guys. You know they're pretty straightforward. So Tom, let's uh let's get into the Hall of Fame game just really quickly. Um, it was on Thursday night. We're recording this on a Friday uh, a Friday morning just for just for uh, posterity's sake. But Hall of Fame game was sluggish to say the least. Uh, Sixteen to three Steelers. Uh, Cowboys offense looked atrocious, but I mean, that's kind of to be expected with the quarterbacks they had out there. Um, you know, Tom, you're a big, you're a resident Steelers guy. Uh, what what did you see? I mean, we got Najee Harris for like seven, eight carries. Chase Claypool played quite a bit. Uh, so did Deontay Johnson. So uh, anything that kind of caught your eye from the Steelers perspective? Yeah, that, that over 32 had no chance last night. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I guess that was. I didn't even know the over was 32. That <laughs> yeah, is was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the big takeaways I had were, you know, Najee Harris didn't leave the field. I mean, that's, uh, yep. you know, we kind of were expecting that coming into the year. And, uh, you know, a little worried. Mike Tomlin said he's going to play in all four games, but he got through unscathed. But uh, I think it was pretty noteworthy that, uh, you know, he didn't uh, give up any snaps to, uh, you know, Anthony McFarlane. Or Kalen Balage. I don't think Benny Snell even dressed for that game last night. But I don't believe he did either. Yeah, because Balage was Balage and McFarland were kind of the, the yeah. second backs through. They were kind of rotating. But uh, you know that's a great sign going forward here. I, you know, Benny Snell. Benny Snell's kind of uh, on the roster bubble here. So uh, I thought like just the general offense was uh, you know pretty interesting to watch. Uh, it got very stale at the end of last year with Randy Fickner and. Uh, you know, the, it was just a shotgun and, you know, nothing going on, not a lot of motion. not a, So, you know, Matt Canada came out in his first game and, uh, you know, it was Mason Rudolph. So it's, you know, take that with a, a bit of a grain of salt there because, you know, Ben's not one to want to get under center very much. But, uh, you know, they were, they were playing under center. There was a lot of jet motion. Uh, there was actually the one fumble on the first series of the game was on a jet motion with 
Uh, I believe Chase Claypool. Yeah, it was a little yeah, late handoff by Mason Rudolph. Yeah. So uh, a lot of a little bit of play action too. They were trying to dial up some deep throws to Deontay Johnson, and they actually did hit one with Claypool. Uh, late in the game, so you know that, those were the two big takeaways. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, he was grimacing a little bit. Uh, I think he's one for some theatrics with uh, some of his <laughs> l- little minor injuries, but uh, I don't think it was anything major there. So you know, those were kind of the big takeaways from the first NFL action of the year. Uh, so uh, it, I don't know about you, but it was so <laughs> great just to see just to see live football back on the screen. Even though it was it was brutal to watch, especially in that second half. I admittedly turned off the fourth quarter. I I, I made it through the first three, and then it just Josh like, Dodge right, gotta, was actually throwing some bullets I, there. He uh, he actually you know, looked decent. So yeah, he, he did. A, he had a really nice touchdown throw uh, right in the goal, <laughs> and he stood in there. The rusher, you know planted him and he uh, threw it to the pile and it was a pretty nice throw, but yeah. Was, yeah, he uh, did. He looked better than Haskins, but that's a, that's yeah. a pretty low bar to cross there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, the one thing I noticed just watching, you know, the first quarter of the game and obviously Juju was out. So we got to have that like, you know, asterisk here, but Chase Claypool played a lot more in their 12 personnel sets when the Steelers went to two tight ends. Um, that didn't happen so much last year. You know, it was Juju, it was James Washington. So, um, I know you noted this last year, Tom, that they kind of, for whatever reason, like the middle of the year, they just reduced Claypool's role. Like he was kind of emerging as a full-time player. Then they cut it back to like, you know, 55, 60% snap share. Um, I think we're all considering Claypool a full-time player and seeing him get that burn, uh, and get some reps in and look fantastic. Um, you know, just juicing up corners down the boundary uh, looked looked awesome to me. So yeah, Claypool and getting some more snaps and playing full time in twelve would just be would be massive for yeah, his. Yeah, he was. Uh, like, I think it was, he was about like sixty three percent of the snaps last year. Right. So there was you know they didn't you know he was a rookie they didn't want to let him you know they didn't want to overwhelm him. I guess it, you know it was a COVID season there, not a lot of lot of preseason work. So I think they were hesitant to put too much on his plate, but. Uh, you know, James Washington was behind him. Uh, I think we're going to see, you know, that, that snap share much closer yep. to like the 80%. I, I don't think James Washington is totally going away, but, uh, you know, I think he's going to be much closer to a full-time player this year. Yeah. James Washington is Big Ben's fishing buddy. So you he can't, is. you can't break that buds. bond, Tom. <laughs> you can't break <laughs> that Tom, uh, that bond. Um, all right. I think that'll do it. There really wasn't much on the Cowboys side. I mean, CD Lamb got veteran treatment, kind of to be expected. And Michael Gallup played a couple snaps. But other than that, I mean, it was, you know, Rico Dowdle getting the start for the Cowboys. So uh, he actually looked pretty good, Dowdle did. But um, yeah, that's enough. Uh, let's go into the Seahawks here. Uh, Tom, we'll start at the top here with uh, a quick look at their team features. Again, if you want to check out Tom's like full breakdown betting preview, uh, that is on the premium side of the site. Uh, and you're not going to want to miss out on that. But uh, off the top, uh, the win total has moved from nine and a half in late March to 10. So a slight little bump up there. Um, and the Super Bowl odds, ironically, have reversed. Um, they've gone from 2200 uh, plus 2200 in February to now 2500. So even though you get a little boost in the, the win total, the Super Bowl odds have dipped. Um, Tom, I mean, this is just a brutally tough division. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in on the Seahawks offense. We'll talk about them here in a bit. Um, but the NFC West is, is really, really tough. They're plus 275 in the NFC West. They're not, are they, they're not the favorites in the West. That, that would be the, no, no, uh, no. the Niners, right? Yeah. But the Niners, I mean, it's really tight. I mean, Niners the, Niners, and Rams. the Niners are plus 190. I think I just uh, did them today. 
Uh, Rams are like right there with them. They're like plus one ninety. Yeah, they're yeah. basically like co favorites. They're slightly behind them. I think they're like plus two hundred. And then the okay. uh, the Falcons are. I mean the Falcons, the Seahawks. Another bird. Um, you know they're wrong bird. Yeah, wrong bird. <laughs> wrong wrong coast there. But uh, <laughs> plus two seventy five. So uh, you know the Cardinals are. You know, they're the distant fourth in this division. But you know it's right. not. It's not like they're light years behind them. They were certainly in the mix. Uh, until the last five games last year, and they kind of fell apart with you know Kyler Murray uh, getting banged up and not being able to move as much. So uh, this is a, a hyper competitive division, and I think the the win total move. I think that was just more of a, a poor line on their part. Uh, okay. They were just kind of adjusting. You know, they didn't really make any massive moves this offseason. I did like some of the smaller moves. That, you know, they traded for Gabe Jackson. Uh, you know, we know the interior of this offensive line uh you know the offensive line as a whole has been an issue uh throughout russell wilson's tenure uh, yes. know, he, bring, he brings some of that upon himself but uh you know they're they're going to strengthen that run game a little bit with game jackson in the middle of the field uh and they, they've added some pieces on defense nothing too uh dramatic they get gerald everett at tight end as well so uh but you know they they traded away a lot of draft picks to bring in jamal adams to bring yes, in game jackson so just three picks in the draft, they, they couldn't really, uh, you know, upgrade their, you know, bring a lot of youth into the, uh, into the fold this year. So I guess that would be one small concern. But, uh, yeah, it, this team is, they're right there in the mix every year. So uh, I, I have the stat for the betting preview that I, I think, uh, you know, Wilson-led teams have been uh, nine wins or better in all nine of his seasons, and they've reached double-digit victories in the playoffs in eight of those seasons. So. Uh, they're Damn. always right around this nine to twelve wins here, so uh, no reason for the uh, the bookmakers to change much. Put it right there at ten, and uh, let you choose your poison there. Yeah, um, you know the one thing you mentioned about Wilson, and this is always like a catch twenty two with him. Is like he he is inarguably one of the top five or six quarterbacks, whatever order you want to put him in, that's fine. But Wilson is in that conversation. He's in that top five or top six, but he always does that. Like three, four, five, six times a game, he'll hold the ball for way too long and it makes his offensive line look even worse. Now, you know, granted, I know this has been a big point of contention for Wilson behind closed doors. And we've seen it kind of seep out a little bit here recently, Wilson's contention with management and the way that things have been run. Um, He's certainly, Certainly got to be frustrated that their their offensive line, they haven't spent too, too much on it. But like you mentioned, I mean, that Jamal Adams trade, man. Adams is a fantastic player. He's only 25 years old. He's only going to continue to get better, and he's going to be a you know key part of their defense. That being said, giving up two first-round picks, they got to pay him here too. I mean, it's uh, that that was – I'm not going to say it was a bad trade. I'm, I'm just not in the, the business of – of, uh, of, of, you know, crapping on teams if it wasn't, like, just egregious. Like, if it's not a Bill O'Brien trade, I'm, I'm going to give teams the uh, – I'm going to give teams, you know, a little bit of benefit of the doubt because they you – know, Adams is a fantastic I, I player. Like, but that being said, that, that was an expensive move to make. Yeah, I think it was an aggressive move. I, I just yeah. don't feel like he was the right type of player they should have been going after. I mean, I, yeah. his coverage – Frankly, sucked last year. I mean, he was a terrible. <laughs> he's a bo- he's a box player, man. Exactly, I mean, he's a and box that, safety. That, that's not the play. They need players to help them, uh, you know, in coverage right now. That was that's that was their biggest weakness last year. Um, so you know, he's a good player, but he wasn't necessarily the type of player that they needed to trade for. Yeah, and you know, not only do they need you know corners, they they need pass rush too. Mm-hmm. And I think you know they got that you know. 
they got Adams to be that kind of center fielder where he's going to line up all over the field. But like you mentioned, I mean, they've quickly figured out the Adams' coverage skills. It's kind of like the Jade Vion Clowney situation, you know, situation where everybody still thought he was a great pass rusher. Um, and he's always just been a very, very good run defender. He's never been a great pass rusher. It's kind of the same thing with Adams. It's like he's never been a great coverage guy, but he's always been really good against the run and good in the box. And I think that just kind of that's a little bit of Seattle's MO is they're just a little behind the times of the way the game is played right now. But um, yeah, the Adams, I think that Adams um, uh, contract that they're going to have to pay him here is probably, probably coming up here soon. So, you know, let's, you know, we kind of know for fantasy Tom that, you know, Russell Wilson's the same guy every year. I mean, he's going to put up his, you know, he's going to finish in the top eight, you know, it's just a weather of, you know, whether he's QB eight or he's QB two, because I still think he has that upside. The biggest thing I think we got to figure out for this year and Seattle's purposes is what this offense is going to look like. Um, they brought in a new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. Uh, he's a Rams guy, was with McVay. Um, you know, Schottenheimer's gone. Um, and we really haven't seen too much in the news. At least I haven't seen too much in the news of, you know, about what this offense is going to look like. It's been pretty tight-lipped. But back in June, The Athletic put together – an article, uh, Michael Sean Duggar uh, had a, a little interview with with uh, with Metcalf and Lockett, and they were pretty. I won't say they were open um, with with him, but it sounds like this offense is is going to be radically changed this year. The biggest thing that I took away from the piece was that Wal- um, that Metcalf and Lockett both said that in OTAs that the, the offense is much faster paced. It's much more up-tempo. Will Disley said the same thing. It's going to be a lot more up-tempo. And DK Metcalf called the offense a lot more intricate, and it's a lot more complex, Um, which is to say, and this is something DK Metcalf was on record saying this offseason on Brandon Marshall's podcast, like back in February. He's like, hey, man, defense has just figured us out. Like late late in the year, they knew what we were going to do. They knew we were going to run our play action stuff. Put those stuff, two safeties to... back there and you yep. know, cover both halves of the field. And, <laughs> yep, take that's it all away. they did. Yeah, that's all they did. And, you know, two, two deep safeties, you know, play, you know, kind of off coverage and just keep everything in front of you. And that's that's how teams beat the Seahawks late in the year. And that's why they fell apart. So, you know, I think it's encouraging to say the least. We really, we really don't know. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be overconfident. We really don't know what this offense is going to look like. But the fact that in OTAs they were installing a lot more tempo um, and, and really trying to push the pace, I think is is extremely encouraging because, as we all know, this team, Tom, for fantasy has just been so, it's just been like we want them to be pass heavy. We want them to let Russ, you know, chuck it and you know become one of the, you know, not a Patrick Mahomes type where he's throwing 40 times a game and just kind of carrying the offense. Like he could do that, but we just want to see them throw more just period and point blank. Um, we also want to see them push the pace more. Seattle has always been one of the slowest pace teams in the league since Schottenheimer and, and Carroll have kind of taken control of the offense. And I think that's kind of the big thing, Tom is like, will Pete Carroll get out of the way and let Waldron kind of, kind of run the show and let Wilson get what he wants. And that's, you know, more control over the offense and inevitably more passing. I think that's the biggest thing right now we got to look into for this offense. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's the million, there's $2 million questions. Will Pete get out of the way? Will he let Waldron run his offense? Uh, You know, I mean, they were, they were the top passing offense in the league the first half of the year. We really saw that, ceiling for the uh the passing game unlocked you know Wilson was putting up the massive numbers 
And then the first sign of trouble, you know, I think it was at the Buffalo game, um, yep. you know, towards the middle of the season where, you know, the, the Pete put his finger on it and, uh, you know, he changed it up. We slowed it down. We, uh, you know, went more back towards a, a run-centric offense. So uh, that's, the, that's the big question. Can Pete stay all the way? And, uh, you know, the other question is, can Wilson, you know, run a, a more of a West Coast-style offense, more of a, a quicker, you know, quicker route schemes and uh, get the ball out of your hands quicker. You know, it's we love to hear, you know, all the stuff that's coming out of the camp that they're, you know, making a faster pace offense. But, you know, the, at the end of the day, is Russell Wilson going to want to get the ball out of his hands quickly? That's always been kind of Greg Cosell's, you know, you know, our guy Greg Cosell's biggest, you know, his biggest issue with him that, Right. He doesn't necessarily run what's designed, and he wants to play uh, backyard football a little bit. So it uh, sounds like this offense is going to be a little bit more structured and uh, get the ball out of your hands a little quicker, which is what he needs at this point. He's he's bitching this offseason that he's getting hit too much, that the offensive yeah. line this, offensive line that. You know, yeah, well, you got to follow what's called and get the ball out of your, your own hands quicker here. So uh, I think those are the two biggest questions with this offense, but – um, you know, certainly love some of the stuff that's coming out about the pace and uh, yeah. just, you know, letting it rip a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, they were league average in pace last year, really slow in 19. So, yeah, I mean, if they if they just play a little faster, um, man, they're, they're, that's the thing is, like, this team, because they were playing defense, faster at the beginning of last year. Yeah, they were, yeah. and then they slowed things back down again. So um, that's the thing with this team, man, is, like, if they push the pace and um, – and just try to throw more. I mean, their games are going to shoot out because their defense is going to regress. They, that defense got hot in the back half of last year, but you know, like we mentioned off the top, I mean, they only have three draft picks, didn't do a whole lot to add in free agency because they kind of didn't really have the space to add between Wilson's contract and Jamal Adams' impending contract that we talked about. Um, this defense is, is going to it's going to give up points. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was to start last season, but I mean, everything is set up for them to be a shootout team here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, it's not a whole lot of, you know, it's pretty black and white with the, all these guys for fantasy, you know, you know yep. DK Metcalf's a great, great guy to look at the end of the second round. Lockett's kind of, he's a, I, I've always loved Lockett. I used to make a little bit of money off of him at Kansas State. Uh, that's when I first like really started getting into gambling. And, uh, you know, he's been one of my favorites since he came into the league and uh, yeah, a bit undervalued again this year. He's, you know, right around 50 picks in and, uh, you know, he just gets it done every year and. Uh, but it, it, it's pretty cut and dry with this offense. I mean, um, you know, if we can just get a little bit, you know, get back to those ceiling games that we saw at the beginning of last year, um, you know, this, you know, they'll they'll be paying off a lot of fantasy teams this year. Yeah, absolutely. I am uh, I'm heavily invested in the Seahawks this year. I love yes. Wilson. I like Metcalf quite a bit, like you mentioned, and Lockett in the fourth, fifth round is just yeah. Uh, even even really Gerald nice. Everett at the end of draft. Oh, yeah. if you you miss out at tight end and or you're just looking for your uh, you know your second tight end there. I, yeah, he has some upside. He he was kind of you know blocked a bit by Tyler Higby and uh, was never fully used to his uh, capabilities. But it, it was at least interesting that you know of all the places he chose, he chose to follow Shane Waldron to to Seattle. So you, you yeah, know, yeah, hope that they have some sort of plan for him. And Will Disley doesn't block him there. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Will Disley's always been good, though. I've always yes. had a soft spot for Disley. But yeah, Everett followed Waldron. Not only Waldron was actually the tight ends coach when yes. the team drafted him. So yeah, I mean, there's a deep, 
uh, deep connection there. You know, this will be Waldron's guest fifth year coaching him. So yeah, I think, I think Everett's a nice little play in the late round. So that'll do it. Um, yeah, that'll do it for the Seahawks. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, Tom I think and I will today. be back. I think we're doing two podcasts. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're doubling up. You're yeah, right. We're, so we're trying to get these done. We got to get up, get to all the draft prep articles and stuff. So there you go. Uh, yeah, you're right. We're pounding these out two at a time now. Yep, that's right. We uh, so we're going to be doubling up uh, on these podcasts as we as we round out the series. We only have a couple more teams left, Tom. Only a couple more. So we are uh, we are rolling here. So uh, all right, for Tom, you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley. Uh, you can follow me on, on the Twitter machine at Graham Barfield. Uh, we will catch you next time with the Bucks. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.